بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم once discussing the unique ability of this ummah to continue fighting and how Allah Tabarakullah's aid will always be with them despite the odds that they will always face that numbers that when you looked at you never thought that they would be able to break through those numbers over such a long period of time Normally you battle, battle. There have been empires that came up, but everything had to go down. Nothing remains. As for this Ummah, Allah Tabarakullah blessed it with a shan. Nabi said, Al-Jihadu Maadin ila yawmil qiyamah. That the battle will continue till the end. Where many a time you will think that there is no jihad taking place. But somewhere along the line it is taking place. Al-Jihadu Maadin ila yawmil qiyamah. During this last 20 years in the city or land of Afghanistan, some people said we never knew they were fighting. Never knew they were fighting. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when his da'wah began, at the time when they were under siege by many forces, it was called the Battle of the Trench. At that time, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam saw the Roman lands, the Persian lands, and when he mentioned, I saw the castles of this place and that place, the hypocrites, for them it was a joke. And for the people of Iman, it was a promise. And that's the difference between what will be a hypocrite and a believer till the ending. That the believer doesn't only hear the promise, he's convinced of the promise. And then he says, whether I find it in my life or I don't, but I will work for it. I will either die trying to get it, and if I get it, then it's a dream which I never thought I will see, but I know it's going to be seen. So at the time of the Battle of Trench, the hypocrites, they found it very amazing that your dreams are something in Rome and Persia, where you cannot even get out of Medina Munawara. And the Battle of the Trench wrapped up. It was a very unique battle. How Allah's aid came where no one thought aid was going to come. How a sahabi was told to go into the enemy camps to try and hear what is happening. In Fazail Amal, you'll read about Huzaifa bin Yaman radiallahu anh being told. And how he went and Allah how protected him. He was in the enemies, but they never picked him up. One person accepted Islam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, I don't want you to tell anyone you are a believer. I want you to go and cause corruption in the armies. One person. How does one person break armies? So he goes to the one party and he says to them that, you know, I have heard that the Arabs are thinking of now packing up and leaving. So you, the Jews, you all made an agreement with them, but you all are going to be left here in Medina Munawar. When they pack up and go, they out because there's no one blocking them. But when they're going to go, you are going to be in a major problem. Immediately the Arabs will put like on high alert. What are you talking about? It cannot be anything less. We made such a deal with the Jews. He said, I'm telling you. If you want to call them and just take some guarantees. They said, what guarantee? He said, nothing hard. 
just take some guarantees. So they ask, what guarantees? So he says that you tell them that, he told the Jews, that you tell those Arabs that senior members of theirs, they must give them to you. So that you all know that they won't pack up and leave because you all got their members. So that's nothing hard, I mean. This war is going to carry on. And then he goes to the Arabs. And he says that the Jews, they have now gone to the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and they are, like we are sorry what we did. We want out of this. So the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said to them, no problem, I'll forgive you. But to be forgiven, you must get some of those Arabs. So you must tell them that you'll want. So he told them, they said, that, that those Jews will never do a thing like that. But when they met, now that's what is happening. The Jew are saying to them, oh, we want some of your leaders. For the Jew it is that when you got your leader, it means you never run away. And for the Arabs, what you want our leaders for? Because you're going to take them and hand them over to the Muslim. Now everything was making sense. When Allah's decision come, how powers just collapse. How powers. Everything made sense. It was just hitting like a ball. A normal person's mind will say, this can't happen like a story. This one man. So the Jews said, we want that Arab. And the Arabs say, we're not giving our leaders. And the Jews say, why do you want to give? Meaning, are you really planning to leave? And they say, why do you want our leaders? Like, what got to do with you all? They said, give our leaders a small issue and then the thing started. One, everything collapsed. Started tucking up. Allah's Nabi said, after this year, we're not going to ever be in such a situation. Thereafter when it opened up, so amongst the different basharat that he gave the ummah, one is the basharat which is mentioned in Kitabul Malahim. He said, Taghzuna Jazirat al-Arab. Your battles will continue on the Arabian Peninsula. Taghzuna Jazirat al-Arab. Fayaftahu Allah. And Allah will give fatah. Meaning doors will just open. There was a small group this was. It was a small group that started from Makkah, Mukarrama. And they made that hijrat. In Medina, Munawwara, they found a slightly bigger group. But they were ending small. They were a number compared to the world of Kufr. One number. Unknown. But when he said, when Allah will open up, Allah, how it opened. What we today call Yemen and Oman. There was Qatar and there was Kuwait. That entire what is known as Jaziratul Arab. So Yemen, example, you say Yemen going towards the right. And how they took over that entire Jaziratul Arab. But they were a small jamaat. فَيَفْتَحُ اللَّهُ When Allah will give fatah. You could not understand it, how people were accepting Islam. And normally you say that when someone new comes, he needs to get grounded first. He needs to be taught. He needs to be trained. He just came out of kufr. But Allah gave such a shan to Islam that they would just conquer one place and those people would become Muslim and they the next army for the next place. So it was never like an old army that was fighting. It was numbers were always coming in because the number was the new Muslim. And he would get such a jazbah for deen that when he is attacking the next place, that man is saying, but just yesterday you were fighting against the Arab. 
They call it like relay. That you just have to reach one point and touch. And that man says, I'm going further. And that's how the spark of Islam started. فَيَفْتَحُ Allah. Whichever place was conquered became the conqueror of the next place. Whichever place was conquered became the conqueror of the next place. They just saw the Muslim. They saw their character. They met with them a little bit. And then one group said, we'll pay the jizya. The other one said, no way. By the Arabs, there was no talk of jizya also. It was disgrace from the beginning. For them, they just saw what is this Islam. وَرَأَيْتَ nas يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ afwaja. You don't understand that meaning. But if you think of tarikh, look at a map and look at Medina Munawwara and think of this narration that first you will get the entire Arabian Peninsula. فَيَفْتَحُهَ At a time where not like today, where you can have your jets flying and you can be there the next day. This was just to go to the other place will be so long. And to conquer it. And then to start running it. You conquer one place. Then you start running it. You'll say no more after this. Let's get grounded. We can't go further. Let's stop. Allah will just open doors. At that time, Arabs were known as mighty fighters. But they would never speak regarding the Persian Empire. So if you go to Yemen, that's on the right. Then, how you say it? Like if you go a little bit upwards, straight, what you call straight, you will come to Iraq and Iran. The Persian Gulf will be there, then you get Iraq and Iran. That entire region was known as Faris, Persia, Iraq and Iran. And then after Iraq and Iran, you'll get Afghanistan, Pakistan, Turkmenistan, that entire region. So that goes front. He said, you will go to Faris. But Thumma, Thumma means then, forget this Makkah. Or forget Jaziratul Arab. Thumma, Thumma means like to show Shan. That even more amazing, Thumma, even more amazing, you will go for the Persians. At that time in the Persian land, there was one house called also the White House. It was called the White Palace. Nabi Sallallahu saw that one. That area that about seven town, cities together they were known as Madain. From Medina, Medina it became Madain. It was famous in the world. This was the superpower of the time. So Thumma, then the Arabs grew up reading the stories of the Persian conquerors. The Arabs grew up reading the stories of the Persian conquerors. When you read someone's story, like this is the man, this is the great empire, they used to visit Persia, they used to come back with the stories of now what happened, who's in charge, who's, like how we today, when we were young, we had something called the British, the royal family. And everyone knew who's the queen and who's the son and who's getting married and who got born now. We wondered what they had to do with the world. They were so happy, she got a child, she got a child, you don't even know who she is. It's called the royal family. Persia was the royal family. Anything that happened in Persia, the Arabs were like excited about it. Stories would come. Whenever someone would come back from Persia, the people would go, women and men, tell us now what's happening in those lands. Mighty warriors they are. And what about their lives? The people worshipped. It was known as the royal family, like how you have the royal family of England. It was the same thing, a bloodline. They worship this clan. 
the Persian rulers. Summa. And فَيَفْتَحُهَ اللَّهِ And Allah will open that also. When Sahaba radiallahu anh landed in those lands, that was the lands of magic. That was the lands of the jinn. When narration, shaitan had laid his egg in those lands. His nest has been made, the nest of the devil. Nine-tenths of magic has been kept in the lands of Iraq and Iran. Nine-tenths of magic. The worst of maradatu shayateen. That was the land of magic. فَيَفْتَحُهَ اللَّهِ said when Allah will open the doors. When Sahaba radiallahu anh reached those lands, those were the people, every one of them in their houses had a small fire. And then they had the mighty big fire. All of them had a jinn, working with the jinn. But when they saw Sahaba radiallahu anh coming, amazing their words, they said the jinn are coming, jinn are coming. They were the workers with the jinn. When they saw them coming, they said, They the jinn. Allah put fear and defeat after defeat after defeat. But it was not only defeat after defeat because the question comes, that small number now could not manage then after conquering Iraq and Iran to continue because a small number gets old also. So where did the new number come from? The new number came from the lands of Iraq and Iran. That became the new army of the Muslim Ummah. It became Sunni Iraq, Sunni Iran. It produced the greatest scholars, the lands of Iraq, the Hanafi madhabs started and how it shone in the world. The lands of Iraq, the great muhaddisin whose kitabs we read today. Everything started from those lands. They wrote more than what the Arabs even wrote. They conquered after that more what the Arabs even conquered. They became the mighty warriors of the future. Unique flame this is. ثُمَّ تَغْزُونَ الرُّومِ Allah's Nabi said, then, amazing, more amazing than that. You will then fight against the Romans. Rome. So if you went front, you would have come to Iraq, Iran, and then those lands going, Afghanistan, Pakistan, everything. And if you went to the left-hand side, Yemen was on the right, this is on the left now, you would have come. Then there is the land what we call Sham. And after Sham you will get then Turkey. That was, that was the main part of the Roman Empire in that era. The Roman Empire had one what we call today Rome, Italy. That was a small baby. They had broken apart. That was regarded as redundant. And this was known as the Caesar of Rome. He settled in the lands of Sham. They were more mighty than the Persians because they had defeated the Persians just then. In the second year of the Hijri, the Romans defeated the Persians. So it was like, Rome is mighty. Allah's Nabi said, more amazing than that, you will fight the Romans. When he mentioned this, imagine the minds of those Sahaba radiallahu They're looking at our small jamaat. Like, small jamaat. He's saying, we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this. Like, where will we have that number, that ability? And then the battle with the Romans started. In the time of Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, they landed their feet. In the time of Umar radiallahu anh, the lands of Sham were completed, taken over. The Caesar of Rome, then he ran away to the land, what we call today Constantinople. That's what we're saying, like Turkey. After Sham would come the huge lands of Turkey, and in there there would be that Constantinople. 
That was like the mightiest fort the world had ever seen. Constantinople, mightiest fort. So he knew once someday I'm settled on the Caesar of Rome. And then the battles with the Roman Empire continued. Sham was taken over. But the battle continued. Few hundred years later, two hundred years later, then we would hear of the Crusades coming. Again the Christians came back from nowhere. And they took over again and the Muslims were left shocked. But as that narration went, your war with the Roman will continue. ثُمَّ تَخْزُونَ And Allah Taala made it that the Crusades broke. Same time the Mongolians came in, they also broke. ثُمَّ تَخْزُونَ فَيَفْتَحُهَ اللَّهِ And Allah will open up. فَيَفْتَحُهُ اللَّهِ فَتَحَ اللَّهُ So the end of the Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire could have been one of two. Both are possible and both will fit in with the wording of the narrations. One will be that it will end with the coming of the Mahdi. Because although at that time it ended, Muslims went into Sham and then from Sham, Allah created what is known as the mighty Ottoman Empire. In the mighty Ottoman Empire, there's one book I wrote, it's called, Will Istanbul Fall to the Christians? So in there I wrote a little of the history of this group. Because when I went to Istanbul, one of the things you'll see in the museum is this word called Janissaries. Everything Janissary. So this Janissary, the history of this Janissary was the beginning of the Ottoman Empire started on an individual called Usman, Rahimullah. And he left two sons which were going to take rule from different two different wives. And he even thought that I will divide my kingdom between the two. And then the one son said to the other, meaning one brother said to the other, who doesn't like rule? But when Allah inspires a believer, he said the Muslim world doesn't need two rulers. You rule and I'll be your advisor. Hardly you'll find like this. Hardly. Everyone fights for the seat. I want to be the ruler. Unique Islam was it created those people who said, you be the ruler. I don't want to be the ruler. Islam creates such a unique level of rule. Now with this formation of what is called an Islamic emirate, perhaps the world will see again what was meant as an Islamic rule. One of the rules that were passed for this government is the amount, the salary of the normal laborer will be the salary of the government worker. The salary of the normal laborer will be the salary of the government worker. Perhaps in the time of Umar bin Abdul Aziz, he tried to do it, the family was like, you take away all our money. But the world of Islam saw it many a time. With the ruler Muhammad al-Mursi, he rented out a flat he used to pay his rent, rented out a flat. When his sister became ill, he had to ask, what will it cost like, to take her to that hospital? Then he worked it out, he said, no, it's expensive. Like, No, it's expensive. Where does our president ever say the word expensive? Rather put her in the normal hospital, because he would have been paying from his own pocket. The government worker and the normal worker. So there's no fight for the seat because the seat got no money. The Shias normally say Abu Bakr and Umar they tried to steal the Khilafat. 
So one question you ask them is, what was there to steal in it? Because when they took it, the Baytul Mal was empty. That's why you hear about Abu Bakr radiallahu anh saying, I need to do business. I need to do business. They say, you can't do business, we will give you some money. Now that money that he's taking is actually, he doesn't want that money. So it wasn't a, like a rejoicing for him, it was a burden for him. Because when he was doing business, he was very wealthy. He was buying slaves and freeing like anything. Now when he was taking for the Baytul Mal, he was recording. Recording so much that when he passes away, he says to his daughter, those lands that I got in my booty, you must see how much I'm owing the Baytul Mal. I want to pay it all back. What a burden it was. That as it was coming, he was recording that I need pay also, but I want to pay it back. So not only they hardly paying me, but everything they paying me was another debt on him. That I'll have to pay this back and he made sure he paid it back. There was nothing to steal from the Baytul Mal. It was an empty Baytul Mal. He said, the government worker, now you will like see. So Usman's one son said to the other that you rule. So the next ruler became Orhan, Orhan, Orhan. So he, he had a group of what was called prisoners of war. Like freed slaves, prisoners of war. They were captured in a previous battle. And they had some interaction with this leader. What an interaction it was that all of them put their hands and said, Can I become Muslim? So he said, No problem. So he made them Muslim. And then he said, You're free to go, freed slaves. And each one stood and said, I don't want to go. Can I fight with you? So the question was like, what changed? This was the man who caught them. And he was the man who actually killed their families before they were caught. And when you want to take revenge, now you got the best chance. Every day he's in front of you, just stab him, finish. But they accepted Islam. After that he said, go. I said, we don't want to go. He said, where you want to go? He said, you want to fight with you for you. So his one sheikh saw this group. They were standing around him with the arrows. And they had already fought a few battles. So he came on the one and he put his hand. So when he put his hand on the head, Sheikh Bakhtash most likely it was. He put his hand on his head and because his like sleeve was flowing now back when your hand is on the head, you got like a picture of a sleeve. So it became such a thrill for them, they made a certain hat, which is like a tall hat, and then it flows over this hat. And then it goes down, just like example, that hand man's hand was here, and then his hand is going with that sleeve. So they made that hat. Some students in Madrasa, they get shocked. Whenever something new is happening, they want that topi. So the other day, one student was wearing one of these Turkish topis. Almost so I got very upset, like, you just stay normal at the moment. But in that land, this was the topi. Like, a unique topi it was. Bakhtash. And then he said, this will be the unique army. He said, this is the Yani Seri. Yani Seri means the new army that the world will see. Then from there they took out this word Janissaries. What is unique about this army now? This army's job was, we have been born to die. They had no thrill with food. Wheat and water was all they needed. Wheat and water. 
And for them to die for their master was a greater honor than living for the next battle. To die for the master. And when this army started raiding, it became such a thrill that others wanted to become this army. But who others? Not Muslim. So they used to send, because this was also non-Muslims who accepted Islam. So they had like the Yanisari register. And once a year, a certain village or villages will be chosen and they will be so honored like. And this man would go, the inspector, he would have his group and they would go now and the families would bring their children. And they would say, please accept my child. Which families? Christian families. The Christian family would bring their children to say, accept my child. So they had laws. It can't be an orphan because his mother needs him. There can't be only one child, son in the house because the family will need him. It is a boy who got very good character, although he is Christian, very good character. He is not spoiled at all. And they had certain other, then they would look and they would give a certain amount and they would take this boy. They would put him by a Turkish family. He would learn Islam very fast because he wasn't growing up in Islam. He had a mission. I need to join the army of the Sultan. So he would accept Islam and with so much fervor he would start learning Islam like anything. And as soon as he would be ready then they would hand him over and he would become part of the new army. The Yanisari. So for years Europe made a story that the Ottomans would go and steal children. Kidnap them and use them as their slaves in war. So One person wrote very nicely but the question they could never ask was but these people were ready to give their lives for the sultan. If someone kidnaps you from your mother, you ready to run. They were ready to give their lives. What this group then he took over Bursa and he took over city after city after city. They became the most feared army in Europe. But the unique thing about them was Europe was Christian. And the most feared army was the Christian. The Yanisari were Christian boys. When you go and see how they conquered that what is called Istanbul, that time Constantinople, it was there's no way you can enter this fort unless you know you have to die. First to get that hole in the city or couple of holes was like a miracle. But after they managed to create those holes, then also there was the issue that you needed soldiers to run. Knowing that as I am going to be running, I am running towards a hundred arrows coming. So normally each one will say, who's going, who's going? This was not an army like that. This was an army that saying, can I go, can I go, can I go? And as soon as they ready, get said, go. Every one of them were running for death. That I want it, I want it. When Ali mentioned at the present moment, one of the Taliban leaders said this, that we have an army of 80,000, 80,000 mustashids, talib shahada He said, from the 80,000, we have lost 6,000. 6,000 have been martyred from 80,000. Remaining 74,000, he said, you will find them at the time of the Hajjud crying, that why did I not get what my friend got? Because they know that the battle is like almost over. 
when the Spanchir Valley was being attacked, they said the Russians couldn't get in. But the Russians were not going to get in because to get in you have to know that the first group who goes is saying, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. So that the second group can come behind them. But you need that. They took out a story then while these battles were carrying out of Panjir that the Taliban are taking young children and putting them like shields. The Taliban are those that don't need that shield. They are telling, I'm the shield, shoot me, shoot me. I am the shield. Unique how Allah gave what shan. He mentioned one waqia. He said, there was an, an student in one of the madaris, a very brilliant student. Then he left the madrasa. He asked permission also to go and he was not given permission, but then he left. And then he phoned from Afghanistan a few years ago to say that I ask forgiveness for leaving without ijazah, but I want you to give my salams to my parents. So the Ustad was very upset. At, but I told you not to go. How will I tell? He said, how could I not go? Like? He said, I had a dream, Qaylullah time that Rasulullah was there and he had that lust. That was the lust of what was known as mustashhids, talib shahada so he said, I ran up to him to ask, what about me? Is my name in it? And Nabi Sallallahu looked and said, no, your name is not here. So he said, I took my, the pen from Rasulullah Sallallahu and I said, can I write my name in the book? So he said, I wrote the name and then Allah's Nabi Sallallahu smiled and closed the book. So he said, could I even stay one day after that? Could I even stay one day? Unique people Allah has created. One of the leaders now who is going to be like one of the main leaders. His son was talib shahada Normally a leader will say, no, no, my son, you just like, the bayan is for the others, they're not so important. Not my son. His son talib shahada When he went for his attack, and they know in that attack, 90% you're not coming out alive. But they go with so much of fervor. He was martyred in that attack. But he went for it, like looking for martyrdom. So many were affected, they said, on his death, 20,000 signed up as mustashids. What about me? What about me? 20,000. One man's death. So this army, at the time of the sultans of the Ottoman Empire, were like that. Talibah Shahada. To see how they went for that Constantinople. When you go there, there's a place called I think it's called something 1453. Forgot the name now, but something for because 1453 was the year of the conquest. Panama, Panama, or something. Pan, Panorama, Panorama 1453. Panorama 1453, where they show you the battle. And when you read like how it was. We have to understand that there were people who were running towards hundreds of arrows. And they were like that barrier and behind them another group was running. One group is running and that group on top is throwing boiling hot water. And they running, one group is trying to climb those walls and those people are throwing something down rocks. But each one is thrilled to be a shield for the other. The final person, they named one Sati after him. Who managed to put the flag of the Ottomans. 
When he reached there, his job, he was not worrying about fighting and making sure the enemy are all defeated. His job was that I have been given the flag. While the fighting was carrying on, he is just trying to get to the top. He's not worried about fighting. To get to the top to plant the flag. So as he's going, someone is attacking him. He's killing the person not to kill. So I can carry on going to the top. Otherwise, normally you'll say, just fight at the moment. He is my life mission is to plant the flag. He reached where he reached. Ulubati, most likely the city's name is Ulubati. So he was Hassan Ulubati. He reached that place. As he planted it, the amount of arrows that were in his body, he died with those arrows. Planted it and only arrows in his body. He was not bothered. Carry on shooting. I needed to reach here. The flag is planted. When you see that, you will understand what is shan. But these were not Muslim. These were Christian boys who were thrilled with what is called the akhlaq of Islam. And as soon as they entered, for them there was nothing but becoming Allah's. It was thus that was said, then you will go for the Roman Empire. And Allah will just open doors. Doors opening mean every group they conquered became the army for the next conquered. And what an army they became. The most feared army in the entire Europe was known as the Janissary. Janissary. And then Allah's Nabi said, And then even more amazing, where the world thought you can never fight against the Jal. Mighty and strong, the most fierce and the most what we call Chalak, Sly, with powers and with weapons and with wealth that you can never imagine, with the aid of the jinn and the sorcerers and the witches, plans from all around, seeing you where you can't see, listening to you, tapping into what you're saying. Control of everything. He said, more amazing than Persia and Rome and Jaziratul Arab, more amazing than all, you will continue the fight against Dajjal also. And Allah will open that up also. So there, inshallah, we will continue from next week like how this narration could be understood in two different, whichever meaning you take it, this ummah is not stopping. And whoever came to try to say, I think this is the end now. They've gone too far. This thing has to now start going down. The narration said, this ummah doesn't go down. It can be brought to breaking point, but it doesn't go under. And then from there, it starts another rise. And when it starts a rise, doors just open. Just open. Now, perhaps many people have never seen doors opening. You say conquer after conquering after conquering. And because we lived in this last what is called 300 years where Muslims were at the bottom, that it was known you can never defeat America. It was at that time said you can never defeat Britain. It was said you can never defeat Russia. But those that defeated said no, you can defeat. We never saw the mighty Russian Empire. We never saw the mighty British Empire. They were more mighty than America. Britain Empire was the biggest, what they call, empire the world had ever seen. That's what they say. We only saw America. 
And we like how the Arabs, we grew up in the stories of America because of Hollywood. And they grew up in the story of Persia. So we grew up with this actor and that actor and they're so great people. One man, just you put him in the land of Afghanistan, he'll take over the whole Afghanistan. One man. They made movies there also. Come on, they had, we don't want to take the shaitan's names. One man falls in Afghanistan and he destroys like the whole Afghanistan. One man. But I said the other way, tell America that one of the conditions they made is that you will not allow your land to be used against America. So if you want to translate it in another manner is that you will not send one of your talibs to America. One talib lands in America, whole America screams. One talib. says, you promise us you'll keep them. They say, okay, no problem. They'll stay here. We can sleep in peace. Their movie showed one American falling into Afghanistan, took over the whole Afghanistan. Their nightmare is one talib falling into America. One talib. So worried they are. This group that came out now who ran away from Afghanistan. So we mentioned this, that some people thought that they scared of the Taliban. Most likely we mentioned it last week or I mentioned it somewhere. That some people said, did you see what's happening at the airports? How many people are running away from the Taliban? So an answer was given very nicely that he said, these are Afghanis. They saw the Russians, they never ran. They saw the Americans, they never ran. They saw the British, they, they don't run. But when you gave them a free ticket to your country, they're obviously going to cry and say, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, take me with you. They never ever ran in their life. But when you gave them a free ticket, but now when they went to those lands, if you read the report, they are not Talibs. Talib is Shahada. They're just the normal Afghan. But people in those lands who brought them in are already shivering. They said from the hundred of them, what if one of them is a Talib? So in one country, they actually put tabs on each one already. That you have to stay, this is the time you can go out. After this hours, you have to be at home. And one of him stayed out for a few hours extra, they arrested him. They said, we were keeping tabs on you, so scared they are. One poor man, he's not even a Talib. One poor man. He says, you just let one of them land in their land. And they can't sleep now. They say, they yearn. You brought them over free of charge. You brought them. فَيَفْتَحُ اللَّهُ And Allah will open up. So what we said, when doors open, some people are confused at the present moment that how did it happen so fast? Some of the Talibs themselves are confused. He says, we also cannot understand. And some people are saying, this is America's plan. Like It couldn't have happened so fast. That's possible also, but there's this wording also, that when Allah opens doors, doors open up. And because we never saw it in the past, we think it can't happen. But when the Mahdi will come, what do you think at that time? Will it be a hundred year war? It will be just one and a whole country will open. Another and an entire country will open. Things will be collapsing like in months. That country is now there. That country is giving the allegiance. When Allah's doors open, this is only one example. When Allah will open, may Allah in His karam let doors open and open and let our iman increase and increase as we see those doors opening.
Allah allow us to be going through those doors also as it opens. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbi.